0: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, a.k.a. TV Sports Cards, a.k.a. Student of Cards. I'm here with Cards Max, a.k.a. Max, Cards, also known as Professor of Tops Now. Max, how are you feeling this week?
1: Um, I'm feeling good. I feel like it's a little bit of a slower week, at least in terms of cards. Nothing crazy or booming, although there are a few trimming scandals, but,
0: yeah. not
1: directly relevant to me, but you know, releases otherwise. That's yeah, another week.
0: Yeah, I checked. Uh, I always go through like our DMs and text messages before we record these from the week. <laughs> so to, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot, and we talked about a lot of things throughout the week. And I would say this is probably the least out of the three episodes, the three weeks we've been doing this is the least we've discussed random things. So <laughs> not the biggest news week, but uh, again, we had an um, you had uh, the cards max space on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Tuesdays, eight Tuesdays, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, do okay. you want to do a little recap of us? What was talked about in the space? What uh, what went down? Um, what to look forward to this week thing
1: that, you know, everyone's always a learner. I guess last week I was professor of Hops now, but I am learning with everything. And I both got taught a bit about third party grading, which I always like to get different perspectives on the industry, on new companies popping up. Well, also, I think we did a little hyper analysis of who the best shortstop from the 2010s era was from 2010 to 2020. To 2020 no extra bridge years. You can't start in 2008, go to 2018. But yeah. from the last decade, who the best shortstop is. And there's yeah. some takes.
0: And, and honestly, I, it's underwhelming. The The arguments to be had about that list are, are interesting, but underwhelming. There's not really a guy, I think. I forget where the space ended up. Like, there wasn't really a consensus, number one. I'm a homer. I love Brandon Crawford because of the rings. But uh, everyone else has their takes. A lot of guys started late in the decade, like uh, Seager and those guys. Yeah, Um, exactly.
1: I mean, there was a big, you know, Correa, Seager, um, Lindor, all of these shortstop crop kind of guys who were at the top prospects. list. They were all, like, right at 2015.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just want to give a sh- quick shout out to Jason from uh, DCI for hopping in the space. He he took everyone to school this week on uh, how third party grading works and how reputations are built. Uh, a very articulate guy, one of my favorite guys in the hobby in general. So uh, shout out Jason. Yeah, uh, definitely, hop- Yeah, great guy. But this week we are talking about Some fun stuff. We got our first ever guest in the Young Old Heads podcast, a frequent member of the Cards Max space on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. We got here with us Big Mace 33 Card Shop on Twitter. You know him, you love him. What's up, Mason?
2: (laughs) What's happening, boys? Good morning. Good morning. I guess it's afternoon now, but yeah, who knows?
1: Further, uh, add to Mason's prowess, he is sometimes the epitome of a very true and heartful collector. He is deliberate in what he picks. He is a diehard Detroit Tigers fan who also knows how to have a lot of fun. Uh,
2: pro fun. Very pro fun guy. I can echo all those sentiments. It's true. So very picky.
0: Yeah. And, the, thing, the thing with Mason, the thing with you, Mason, is that I have a lot of people that I can I can send eBay links to and I know they're going to buy the card within the next couple of days. You're not one of those people. No. You know exactly what you want and you are patient. And I respect the heck out of that. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm not easily swayed. That's for sure. No. But,
1: but you're gotta, pinpoint. you want your, for instance, your Akil Badu rainbow. You will get your Akil Badu rainbow. Absolutely.
0: Well, absolutely. Mason, you're our first guest ever here at the Young Old Heads podcast. And we're excited to have you. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what you collect and like how you're, you're a little uh, collecting journey? Everyone has their own journey here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um I mean, big honor being the first guest. I got big shoes to fill. Hopefully uh, hopefully this isn't the the first-time caller, last-time listener type of situation that Max always puts me in. Well, will see how Um, this
1: goes. Many times. (laughs)
2: Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, (laughs) No, really, I I just collect rookie cards for the most part. I'm not interested in vet parallels and, and, you know, the the stuff that some people, you know, find interesting. Uh, But my hobby journey started in – like the early two thousands, like most kids, you know, my grandpa was a big. He loved the gambling aspect of it. So I remember, like specifically, like LeBron era early basketball. Um, but back
0: then, I was more of a football guy. Yeah, that's uh, where we bonded first, right, Mason? We we first bonded over our love of two thousand three tops matrix basketball. The greatest set of all time ever
2: created. The two, the one year, the one trick pony two thousand three tops matrix.
0: Yeah. The greatest set of all time. We, uh, Me and Mason love to talk about the the rookie trios that are on there and the many, 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 many combinations of them. Uh, but where'd you go from there, Mason? What happened after the LeBron era? Uh,
2: you know, uh, I feel like you get to a certain point where, where real sports kind of take over the collecting aspect of life and, um, you know, you kind of divert a little bit of a different direction, but, you know, like many other people, when the pandemic started, I, I accidentally kind of jumped back into it. Um, so, when project 2020 first started, like leading up to it, I had, I was following Ben Baller on Instagram and he was posting about, you know, card number one in the set with the Ichiro. And I'm like, Oh, that's such a cool card. Like I just kind of want to put it on my shelf. Like I don't want anything to do with cards. I didn't know anything about cards like other than having a million of them in a shoebox. box. And um, so, so I bought that card direct from tops, right. For 20 bucks. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks later, it was 800 and I'm like, what is going on with cards? And, yeah, that'll get your attention. <laughs> right. And then, and then kind of like the summer came along and and my buddy Trevor was like, yo, uh, me and Ryan, my brother are going to go up to the card shop and national baseball card day. Like, you want to come with us? And, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So we got a few free packs and he pulled the Sean Murphy rookie card auto out of a free pack. And then we're like, all right, we're going to buy a couple packs of tops Chrome and just drop 2020. And yeah. like i just after that it was like fully immersed into it like made a twitter got on joined joined the community and
0: and yeah uh, up from there so that's, a, that's awesome yeah i think a lot of people have similar stories you know getting back into it during that time it's interesting that how you got back into it though with the 20 project 2020 purely the art side of things you know wanting to display some stuff and i think that if you fo- if people follow you, you they know that you have a pretty uh pretty awesome display display you got up in your apartment but uh why we're having Mason on the podcast and what what makes us have such great conversations with Mason about cards is our shared love of rookie cards. And Max, can you tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are on rookie cards? What what some of the controversial things are about the development of rookie cards over the years? I know some people may know about the 2006 rule and everything with the rookie card logos, but uh, I think we might need to educate some people on what a rookie card is quote unquote
1: yeah um regarding rookie cards part of the logo uh made in i believe 2006 like you said is that some people view it as just the league or branding or the players association associated with the sport trying to delay as much as they can what is considered a rookie card with the logo for marketing purposes And if there's one thing that most collectors are dead set on is that it's consistency. They want something to be consistent no matter what. Um, I know Beckett has a list of rules and criteria that they consider to be for rookie cards, but Mm -hmm. those are being challenged. Like in last year's Bowman Best, Wander Franco was pictured with the prospect design, but in a photo from his major league I believe it was from his Major League debut, but I know it was from him in the Major leagues. It wasn't airbrushed like other prospects. And most importantly, it wasn't in a prospect subset. It was in the main checklist. So that made traditionalists very strongly say, this is a rookie card. This is Wander's rookie card. And also for all the 20 or so other players in Bowman's Best 2021. Mm-hmm. But of course, Wander Franco's rookie cards have rookie card logos in 2022. Yeah. So it definitely makes people debate have controversy over what is the true
0: meaning and what is the
1: true rookie card.
0: Exactly. And before I let Mason go on his spiel about flagship rookie cards, I want to just quickly be a little bit more explicit about what that rule is. So in 2006, the Players Association, the MLB, and Upper Deck and Tops kind of all came to an agreement that rookie cards were getting kind of out of hand players like Miguel Cabrera were getting cards like three years before they even debuted. And now those are their rookie cards. It was just getting really confusing for collectors and everyone in general. So in 2006, they made a rule where no one can have a rookie card until they've appeared on a 25 man roster in the MLB. And it can't be a rookie card unless, you know, their first rookie card has to be packed pulled from a set with MLB jerseys. So it took away a lot of these, I know. excuse me, collector kind of mindset,
1: that second rule. Yeah. Because if we're looking at Luis Roberts, which I think is a really interesting case, he was given the rookie card logo as he signed his contract extension in entering 2020. And a big thing to remember is that he signed that contract extension before he made that debut. The contract extension put him on the 25-man
0: roster, and then he's getting top now cards with the rookie card logo. Yeah, exactly. And that was a niche case, probably because of 2020. But
1: yes, Mason, the king the king of
0: we have the king of flagship here and i don't want to i don't want to take any more anyone else's ear time with our voices so mason can you tell them what your collection is what what your guidelines are you keep things very very consistent as max said collectors like so can you tell everyone what what is your collection about
2: yeah so basically like when when i first started i I wanted something to collect right um you know we talked about it a, a lot a lot of times that you know, people were trying to sell, you know, base cards or whatever, and and I couldn't, with good faith, collect the Tigers. They're they're trash right now. Um, at least going into the season, they were they were trash. And like the last few seasons, it's been a dark era in Troy. And being a primarily baseball collector, I just went with like and and big proponent of MLB the Show, right? So I spent a lot of time playing MLB the Show on PlayStation, and they have like the iconic rookie cards that you can get. Um, they're they're kind of lower overall, but. You know, they still have the base art, like Vlad No Number and the 2014 Mookie Bets update. Yeah. And so those cards have been just kind of iconic to me the last couple of years, even outside of collecting. So I decided to go with a full like rookie card PC. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of jumped into that and, and used Baseball Cardpedia and went through every set starting with 2020 and worked backwards. And where it did get messy was 2006, right, when they initiated that rookie card badge rule. Yeah. And it kind of not only messes up everything before that, but some of the guys after that, like Justin Verlander and Andrew McCutcheon, and some of these guys that had rookie cards Ryan before they had debuted, and then all of a sudden they get their rookie card badge in in 06 and 07, respectively, for Verlander and McCutcheon. And or 09, I'm sorry. for my McCutcheon,
0: yeah. Yeah, he didn't get a rookie card until 09. So, so how do you handle cases like that where a guy has a draft picks card before the rookie logo rule, and then afterwards they, they get the card with the rookie logo when they debut? What what do you, What is the 33 card shop PC rule? I mean, you, you already know the answer, but for the people at home, like for Justin
2: Verlander, I hate that draft picks card. I hate the picture of him just sitting there like –
0: You're the only one in the world that is, hates I, that card. I, yeah it's a hot take
2: i hate that card it is a hot take uh i i prefer the rookie card badge to be on the card to identify it and i think i think it's subjective for a lot of people too like it's not as cut and dry especially with like you know today's example of Wander franco with the the set number with tops now and bowman and tops flagship like it gets really hard and i am a tops flagship you know stan like if if they have a Bowman rookie card before Tops comes out, I don't care. I want the Tops Series One, Series Two update. Yeah, and you know I think that line's been blurred so much for like so many years that you know who cares what the first card in a Major League uniform alongside that parallels you know Series One is Wander's rookie card. Bowman's best. No one cares about Bowman's best. It's a it's a a money generator. Yeah, Max does. You know the uh,
0: the the old heads do, but yeah, Max, can you? What what are your thoughts on Mason's PC and what what annoys you about it and what what like what do you like about it? Okay, if I
1: am doing a pros and cons on Mason's PC, some of the pros being that he doesn't care about the market in the best way. Just like sure, the draft picks Justin Verlander from two thousand five is more esteemed and more commonly ex- and is commonly accepted as the rookie card and is the more valuable of the two, but. Regardless of that, the rookie card logo has prominence for Mason, which some may say goes against the curve. Some may say goes for it. Mm -hmm. And Mason is a dead set man, and he wants his rookie card logo, regardless of the dissent that he may receive. A negative that I will say is that um, you're definitely a little conditioned pry. And we definitely have little different philosophies on that. I know I shared with you earlier this week a creased, Mike Trout PSA 1.5 US 175 rookie card, and my intent, my you know thinking was like, oh, Mason doesn't have this. It's thirty percent off, or, or excuse me, thirty percent, you know, seventy percent off yeah. for a card that is you know three thousand dollars in a PSA ten. It's like, oh, okay, this is perfect for a collector. But Mason's response will obviously let you speak is, no, I want the near mint ish copy. Doesn't have to be gem mint, but can't be
0: yeah. poor. So Mason, what are your thoughts on condition? I know you've kind of had a a come to Jesus moment with grading in general. Can you uh, walk us through that?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I like to think for like higher value cards, condition does hold a little weight, right? I mean, uh, I think JB Old Town Cards said it best, like, don't bury me with my Soto collection. I think everything, uh, as much as I get attached to my collection and my high dollar value cards, like someday those cards could be sold and I want to make it easier for either, either me or, you know, God forbid, I drop dead one day, like someone who's got to take care of my collection and and sell it. And I I mean, I thought it was a fair deal, whatever that PSA three or whatever, PSA one, I can't remember what it was, Mike Trout, but you know, I got a, I got a real job. I got a retirement fund, whatever. Like I got money. I I can go out and get a a trout PSA nine, whenever I want. I just haven't done it yet because it seemed like overnight they jumped over a thousand dollars for a PSA nine um, back in 20 December, January t- 2021, kind of heading into 2021. I want to say,
0: yeah, and, I, re- I remember when we met Mason at the National last year in 2021, the National, you were looking for a Mike Trout, and I feel like the number was way below a thousand what you were like looking to pay. I forget exactly what it was though.
2: Yeah. I I messed up with the national by only being there for one day. And I, I think with the national, you need at least two days. You need one day to go there, kind of feel yourself out, get your bearings a little bit. And then, you know, there's there's too much going on to go one day and be like hunting for deals. And, you know, you see a card, you turn around, all of a sudden, like the table's gone. You're like, what the hell happened? You know, where am I? Yeah. And one day just wasn't enough, but they were, the, the thing is like, I get so upset when I see a car jump in value and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I should have paid here. I'm going to wait for it to come back down. And most of the time you guys know with cards like that price is not coming down. And yeah. Mike Trout's yeah. been the prime example for me. I'm waiting for that to get under a thousand dollars again. And
0: Yeah, for sure. Just- um, yeah. I, I think that the, the- the flagship specifically market is interesting because what you're collecting are base cards, but they are the most highly desirable base cards for each individual player, basically. Like, I've been looking, I've been wanting to get a uh, 2020 tops trade in Miguel Cabrera for a while, and that's a base card, but, you know, it's still an over $100 base card, and it, it's it's an attainable collection goal for you to do this, and I think it's awesome what you're doing. Uh I want to get really into the some of the fun like idiosyncras- idiosyncrasies of your flagship collection which are like the weird niche cases. Like what are some of the weird players? What are some players that like like are before 2006 and you really want a rookie card? Like these are guys that we grew up on and like stuff like Johan Santana is the guy that comes to mind for me. Johan Santana does not have a Topps rookie card. What does 33 card job have to say about a guy like that?
2: Well, I mean, starting when when I did the the checklist kind of like, I kind of hard stopped at 2006 because of that rule, like being so crazy. So guys like um, Alex Gordon or Andrew McCutcheon or guys that had like prospect cards, uh, Josh Hamilton's another one. He had a
0: card in like 2005 and didn't debut until like 2007. Oh no. Hamilton, Josh Hamilton has cards all the way back to like 2001, I think. Yeah. I think
2: he's like one of the really rare guys that just had, they would like have like a hundred cards before he ever even debuted and you know guys like that like they since they have a rookie card badge in 07, 09, you know whatever i just kind of took that as like the rookie card yeah um the only the only couple or handful of guys i have over 2006 are miggy Pujols, ichiro um nelson cruz has like a 2005 all star card
0: oh yeah 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 The the 2005 update and highlights set they have yeah there. That's, yeah, that's uh, like, it's from the futures game. It's the futures yeah. game rookie cards. I ripped a lot of that. Yeah, 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 and
2: I think that I think that future game was played in Detroit. I want to say, um, two thousand
0: five. Yeah, must yeah, it was two thousand five All Star game in Detroit. I it was Detroit, either 05 or '06. Yeah, so why why those guys though? Because there are tons of other guys that have tops rookie cards going back, like you know, to the Griffey tops traded one. You know, those are those are tops rookie cards that are totally consensus rookie cards by everyone. Even yeah, I'm going to even throw Yachty out there. Cause I know that that is going to possibly transition our conversation over to just some tops Chrome auto conversation that I know Max wanted to talk about. Um, but like, how do you, you don't have a Yachty rookie or like any of those guys? Like if it doesn't was, have the logo, you're out. I don't I was,
2: know. No, no, no. I want to get a Yachty. I was supposed to have a Yachty actually hatch bought me a, a Yachty rookie card. Wait, um, shout out, um, shout out
0: Hatch, shout out. Shout out
2: Hatch, one of the best in the business. Uh, he, Hatch he bought cards. one of me. Hatch's cards. And he was moving at the time and it got shipped to his old address. And then he just kind of said, screw it, like whatever. So there is like a, there's a Yachty rookie card somewhere in Rhode Island that was supposed to go to me. That's now like in some kid's binder probably, um, that just started collecting cards off the accidental mail day he got.
1: Uh, um, so- I have two questions about your collection um so like tommy was highlighting these are base cards once you don't get so deep into the you know you're keeping this modern centric you're not collecting hall of famers from the 1970s right um at what point do you say okay my collection of players that i want is is complete do you start upgrading those to parallels or autographs no no because
2: I mean, you guys know I have cards outside the the rookie card binder. Like I have short prints and, and, and you know higher valued cards outside. What of like the what, what
0: are some of the other things that you collect outside of this collection? Just for the listeners back at home.
2: Yeah, I, I mean it's still mostly rookie card centric, short prints, super short prints, image variations, autos. Um, mm-hmm. You know, early two thousands basketball. I love. Um, but for baseball, it's mostly short prints, rookie card short prints, and things like that. So,
1: and the second thing I was thinking of, this is applicable with both to rookie cards and your Ben Baller set. Um, if a card is cemented in your collection, does it ever get to a price point to where you want to move it? I know, you know, like you said, the Tops Ben Baller Ichiro was a twenty dollar card on release that you bought directly from Tops, and it at peak Labor Day ish. 2020 that was a four thousand dollar card and you ironclad kept it what was your thinking
2: yeah i mean my main pc is losing money (laughs) no i i wasn't tracking it that closely and like i said when i bought it like i'm like this is a collector's item like i just want this card like because it's cool i don't I, i didn't care about the inherent value when it came to it i think everything's got a price right but instead of selling it at the highest point i doubled down and collected the set now it's worthless so um yeah, I think, you know, there's there's certain cards I buy with the intent to sell. them. like, you know what? No, no I kind of like this card. I don't really want to sell it. Do
0: <laughs> you, you have any examples of that where you've, like, sold a card and regretted it?
2: Um, Not really. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like you're, you, you, your, like, thought process for selling a card, I feel like, is so thorough. Like, no one is, like, you don't know. Like, Mason, you do not make impulsive decisions, I feel like, very well, rarely.
2: Well, I think you guys both know this, but I think it's important for the listeners at home, like, I went to the national, and I didn't buy a card. <laughs> I drove four hours to Chicago from Detroit, and I didn't buy one card.
0: Nobody but, hates cards more than Mason, who loves cards.
2: <laughs> I, no, I just I'm I'm just so meticulous with what I'm gonna buy, and like the the rookie card binder is like something I work on kind of in the background. But you know, I I like to buy cards before they go up in value, not necessarily to sell them at the peak, but just because. I don't want to have to pay the premium when they go up in value, right? So, mm-hmm. that's yeah. just that's just how I, how I roll. So,
0: yeah, and uh, so I know you do have like your your flagship pretty much only for baseball. I don't know if I've ever seen a card in your collection that's not a tops or tops chrome card. But as as Max was alluding to, you do have some knowledge about some a topic that Max also knows a lot about, which is tops chrome rookie autos. And I want Max to to educate the listeners here about the history of Topps Chrome auto, Topps Chrome auto rookie autos and the evolution of those. And kind of, we'll talk about some of the fun history and get some people some education that they might not know. Because if you get into collecting right now, you might be like, yo, they've always had Topps Chrome. Topps Chrome autos have been around forever. Those are like, Cools probably has one, right? And it's like, no. Yeah, you're testing uh, my knowledge base, that's for sure. But um, at a certain
1: year, they started adding pack pullable autographs to Topps Chrome, I want to say that was... 2000, 2004. 2004. 2004. Yes. okay. But with this, this is still a very card-emphasized time of collecting and not a memorabilia time collecting. So these checklists sometimes were 15, 20, 25 names long. Yadier Molina does not have a top scrum rookie card. Verlander does, but he's definitely an exception. And you have these very short checklists for a long time until you reach the now modern day 2021 Topps Chrome, which has a lot of names. Yeah. I think 50 or so names. Of yeah. 50 so rookie card autographs in the checklist. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a fun exercise that I've done with Mason of saying, okay, like let's say you're collecting every Hall of Famer that ha- or will be Hall of Famers since none of these guys are in the Hall of Fame yet or eligible, so most are still playing. What cards would you want to target in this theoretical personal collection? And the, I mean, Verlander is the first main one that you see in 2005 or so. Then you have a few debatable names in 2011 with Freeman. Um, I think Strasburg was 2012 or was he 2011? I can't remember. All Strasburg's head.
0: 2010.
1: 2010. He,
0: yeah, he's 2010.
1: Yeah. So 2010. He's on the borderline. And, and
0: there's- yeah, 2010 is the first weird year, I think, because 2010 you get a lot of redemption autos and tops Chrome. So. Those yeah, ones Posey. are handled differently. Is it Posey 2010? Yeah, Posey. Very yeah. weird redemption. Yeah. Yes. So in 2010, Topps Chrome, Buster Posey's base Tops Chrome rookie card is a redemption. The base card's a redemption. There's a base redemption, that's a refractor, and then there's a green refractor, and then there's an autograph, and I think a refractor autograph. Uh, I could be wrong, but... I'm not sure
1: are... base autograph, I think it just might be all refractor autographs.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah there's no know. base, there's, that's what I mean, there's no base, but... Uh, I think the point they the, the the argument in the world that your guys' conversations revolve around is the fact that like the market, we don't have a market really for how modern cards will be treated for Hall of Famers. They're like there's vintage Hall of Famers forever. And like, we know that like, all right, a vintage Hall of Fame rookie card from the 60s, you know, that has a certain demand and that market will, you know, generally go this way for like 10 years. But modern cards we don't have that many hall of famers yet that have debuted since 2000 there's just not that many of them and not that many of them have these like tops chrome rookie cards that we're chasing for all these modern guys so it's hard to be like project out a current prospects tops chrome rookie card tops chrome auto or whatever it's hard to project that out if they will be a hall of famer because we just don't have that many hall of fame tops chrome rookie autographs yet
2: and i don't we really don't have any that are on the ballot like going into the hall of fame i think you know Ichiro is going to be the the first one that came up in 2000, but or 2001, I'm sorry. Uh, but you, you raise a really uh, amazing point that I love and, and I hate seeing it on the timeline. People are like, oh, well, you know, Ken Griffey cards are worth this, and you know he's a first battle Hall of Famer. No, shut up, shut up. That that we have nothing even comparable to like I, from collecting Hall of Famers yet. And you know I think it all starts. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong with the Miguel Cabrera. 2000 tops chrome that was uh in every factory update and highlight set and then the first pack pulled tops chrome card was ichiro and Pooh holes in 2001 and
0: when you see the prices hold up hold up hold up i need to clarify some things for the listeners based on what you said what you're saying is that by the way not not first one but the first ones no yeah yeah that's what i mean like you're saying that like there's nothing we can't... There's no 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. card from Wander Franco. You know, that's not... You can't compare the Wander Franco flagship base card to that Upper Deck Griffey because there are so many different other Wander Franco and the parallels. Like, just the markets are not the same. And that's what you're saying. And... Um, Topps Chrome started in 1996, but what you're saying is, like, the first, like, real, like, Hall of Fame, goat-level Topps Chrome rookie card is the Ichiro and Pools one,
2: for sure. Right. Well, it, it, it's really Cabrera in 2000, but it's still not a pack-pulled Topps Chrome card. And That's not pack-pulled? I, cool. I, I, from what I understand, it's it's a factory-set card.
1: Okay. I didn't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never really researched it, but then someone told me that, and I'm like, yeah, hey, you know I don't really want one that bad anymore.
0: But... um. <laughs> How, Max, how does that gonna... make you feel how does that make you feel do you think what is your opinion like you're a tops now guy which is like on demand to... I'm not, I'm a top guy, but yes yeah like what are your thoughts on that like what would you consider i'm i'm like almost positive that miguel Cabrera tops chrome rookie card is a uh from like a box set i think they still did yeah. update and highlights box sets back then for that so um, Matt, like is that legitimate to you or is that uh, like that
1: is legitimate to me and really it is a Exercise of rhetoric all the time because you're adding more to the slippery slope. At what point is it not okay? Okay, you know, pack pullable. Okay, do factory sets count? Yeah, probably because there are a lot of very important influential rookie cards in factory sets. Okay, does online count? Okay, no, but because they're not pack pullable, Tomstown doesn't count. Okay, well, what about the Keith Shore oversized cards that are in a checklist full of veterans and prospects and are pack pullable, but they're online? It really makes you question everything.
0: (laughs) And that's what we're here to do at the Young Old Heads podcast. Question everything. Never accept anything. Collecting is your own world. And I think that's why I love Mason's collection. It's like, Mason makes the rules. Like, his collection is consistent as hell. and But every decision he has, he has, like, a solid justification for why he does it that way. And it flows. And that's what collecting is all about, in my opinion. Yeah, I had some... Never right i want to hear what you want to say mason
2: why well, I, I mean there's there's specific examples for like every card so tops like they just do not care man they miss people on checklists and guys never get a rookie card and i was just looking at baseball card Ped in the 2000 tops chrome traded set was a factory set 135
0: card base set and it was mm-hmm. the second and final year tops did that nice so well, who, who are some guys mason that like Don't have flagship rookie cards that just like eats at your soul that they don't have one. Oh, dude! First and foremost, Salvador Perez. Yeah, the Salvador Perez. That's so tough.
1: That he has a Bowman Chrome rookie card, but no tops rookie card.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and I think second is probably JT Romuto. For me, it's a Joe Panic doesn't have one. Uh, Brian Wilson doesn't have one. Brian Wilson, yeah, Brian Brian Wilson does not. What do you think of a case like Max Muncy? What can you explain that? What's the case with Max Muncie? So he
1: was in twenty fifteen update. Usually, I mean, this is not a common issue anymore. But there's not as many two player rookie cards that are like the true rookie card. Yeah. And in twenty fifteen, Max Muncie share in twenty fifteen update shares a rookie combos card with Tyler Landerdorf or Leidendorf, someone who is not on a major league roster anymore, probably. And he shares... I mean, granted, Max Muncy isn't the biggest name, but he's definitely someone. But you have this rookie card where it's not... The player's only taking up half the card.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Mason? Would that count if he was good enough to be in your collection?
1: And the rookie card logo is on
0: the card, which makes it even more weird.
2: Yeah, uh, the Max Muncie card didn't make the the checklist in the first go-around, but I... He would be on like the dedicated page with like Nelson Cruz, uh Yachty, um, JT Romuto, Salvador Press. These guys have first cards, right? Like, we're their first tops card. And,
0: and when you mean checklist, you mean like your your PC like master checklist that you make. Like these are cards I want for my binder. Yeah, yeah. Like I said,
2: I went through baseball cardpedia of like every set from 2006 series one through 2020 update and was like, okay, who do I like from all these sets? Like just look yeah. at all the rookie cards that were in each set. It kind of compiled like a master checklist, I guess, of all the – and it's not every rookie card from every set. It's just the guys that I like, guys I like playing yeah. with in the show, guys I grew up watching, you know, guys that tear up the league.
0: You know, yeah. guys
2: like uh, Cameron Maben is in there. You know, no one gives a shit about Cameron Maben, but, like,
0: I had you to have him. Yeah, my you do. Old. You care about him. <laughs> and that – yeah, like, that's yeah. what collecting's about, man. You collect – like, you have guys that, like, I probably wouldn't have on my like, – my like must have flagship rookie card list that are on yours. And like, I would probably have guys that aren't on yours, you know, it's like, right. It's a right. Mason's guys. It's the Mason's like it, yeah history of baseball, the Mason history of baseball collection, basically. Right. Like basically. Yeah. In a nutshell, <laughs> but it does,
2: it just drive me nuts how they, how they treat some of these guys because you know, the biggest, um, I think argument in today's day and age is outside of the, the rookie card badge thing. It's the collectability of catchers. Right. So we listed two really big name catchers, you know, obviously I think probably one and two, as far as, you know, the modern greatest catchers in the game right now, Salvador Perez and, and JT Ramuto, neither of those guys have a rookie card with a rookie card badge. And, um, you know, uh, shout out old town cards. Again, he's talking about Kiebert Ruiz on the nationals who, you know, carries a big stick and talks softly as, as Teddy Roosevelt would say, but um You know, he doesn't want to sink a whole lot of money into a catcher, right? And I don't know if that's really a fair argument in today's day and age. Obviously, catcher, for the most part, is a defensive position on the diamond. But there are guys like Salvador Perez and JT Romuto. If they would have had the cards that some of these guys have now, would catcher still be uncollectible in a sense?
0: Yeah, it's like. Is it the case that no one wants to collect catchers or just that like Tops has messed it up so much that like it doesn't give you much to collect for that catcher? Like for me, oh. I collect Buster Posey. I super collect as much as you could super collect as a normal human with normal amount of money. Like Buster Posey, like I look, I search 2010 Buster Posey new list, newly listed every single night on eBay before I go to bed. Like I, <laughs> there is not a single rookie card of Buster Posey that posts on eBay that I do not see. Those things are are rare as heck, man. Like his like flagship rookie is like iconic to me and like great, but like it's a spring training photo. It's not like the best thing. His tops chrome rookie card is like really really clean, and I wished so much more that it was like more of a mass produced card because I think that's a card that everyone who collects rookie cards for baseball should have. But it's this weird redemption thing where like tops kind of messed it up for people. Like there are not more of those being created. You can't pull a Buster Posey tops chrome rookie card from a pack. It, just, it creates this niche world for him, even though he's like a first ballot hall of famer in my life, in my world. Like, and, and Yachty's very much the same way, right? I mean, Max just picked up that beautiful first edition
2: Yachty or Molina that he has. And I think Yachty has a, has a Topps Chrome card too. But, you know, those are really two good examples as well. Like, they just don't have, like, the Topps Chrome Rookie card, there it is, right there. Look how nice that is—the first edition.
0: Max is showing us the Yadi Molina, 2004, first edition tops, tops rookie card, which is a pretty awesome rare card that he's picked up.
2: It, and really, in my opinion, that's like the like first great catcher collectible card that has inherent value, right? I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer, potentially. Modern, modern, modern. Modern catcher, yeah, right, right. I mean, people still like to c- collect Padre Rodriguez and Dude, Thurman Munson is Johnny Bench, Jimmy Fox, those guys, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Buster Posey and, and I think Yachty got done wrong too, just by what checklist they fell in and kind of, you know, there's only so many of those cards that are, they're rookie cards that you can buy, you know? Yeah, so, uh,
0: Max, can you talk about that Yachty card that you bought and like your, your thought process behind it? Sure. Um, I
1: was searching, I'm not sure what eBay filter I was searching at that day. But I just from a AVS perspective, just from a trying to buy cool stuff that I enjoy and also simultaneously see value in. Um, I found the Yadier Molina card at on eBay. I found the owner on Twitter, and just I paid a little bit over the last sale. I don't have any issue with that, given its rarity.
0: Um, I know how how rare is it like what was your thought what was your process with that was it like oh this is cool and then you looked at pop or was it something where like oh I know this Yachty Molina first edition is low pop if I ever see one I'm gonna pick it up
1: it was a mix of both in that I saw it and I knew okay this is immediately low pop Uh, for perspective um, Yachty or Molina's Topps Chrome first year card has 205 copies submitted to PSA that is already
0: a very low amount. What is like a modern? Can you give me like, what is like a, what is like Juan Soto's top chrome rookie card pop? I'll put up Juan Soto's top chrome rookie it's, card. It's probably, but a hundred times more. Yeah.
1: Um, but with that in mind, the pop report for the first edition Yadir Molina has 29 total copies submitted. So that's total. really, I mean, give or take, like, For simplicity, let's just say that's 29 divided by 205. That's going to be roughly a little higher than 20% or so. 25%. Oh, sorry.
0: What are you saying right now? Explain these numbers that you're saying out loud.
1: Not very good. but
0: You're comparing the print run. You're comparing the total population of the first edition to the Topps Chrome. That's what you're doing.
1: Yes. And it is 14%. Unless my, my calculating is wrong. Regardless, disregard the calculating. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very low number. And that's and knowing, you know, I being at an online purchase, I have the luxury to check these numbers before making the purchase. But if I saw that on the show, I wouldn't hesitate and try to buy it immediately after seeing a first edition stamp on a Yadier Molina rookie.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of those cards where, like, I think you kind of were explaining this, like, this concept of, like, we look at cards all day if i there's a card that i see that i have haven't seen very often or never see i can make some sort of assumption of rarity that like oh this is a pre- this card i don't see very often i'm gonna like figure this out what's up with this card
1: okay i have two numbers for you okay yeah what' I'm trying to- can you what explain was- the
0: numbers before you say them please yes i will explain <laughs> the numbers before i say them okay um there
1: are seven times as many chrome yadi or molina rookie cards graded than first edition. This isn't 10s. It's just cards submitted to the pop report. And there are 12,917 Topps Chrome update, HMT55, Juan Soto, rookie cards graded. 11,560 of them are 10s.
0: Jesus. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to and I'm going to... I'm gonna cut you off there because that's an interesting fact. But I have some questions for Mason that I numbers I, speak for themselves. My numbers speak for themselves here at the Young Old Heads podcast. All right, Mason, I have some questions that I have for you that uh, I did not ask you beforehand, and I want to just get some uh, some answers from you. You oh, have, right. have, have some fun with this. Um, all right. We all know that Fanatics is a uh, is a uh, the new guy the new guy on the in the in the world they bought tops they're about to buy panini that's about to be finalized probably in the next month or so uh do you mason is promoted to ceo of fanatics congratulations mason you're now the ceo of fanatics what are you gonna do to change the landscape of cards what are you gonna do to help what are you gonna do you got you got time you got as much time as you want you're a ceo the first thing i'm gonna do is um
2: you want the hottest take, like, Oh yeah. Ever. Give
0: me the hot takes.
2: Uh, any one of one that is potentially worth, like, you know, $50,000 and up future investment-wise is going to be in a hobby pack sitting behind a counter and not somewhere where someone could come and molest a pack at a Walmart and destroy, you know, a potential fifty thousand
0: dollar card i hate this take so, <laughs> so deeply so deeply all right this was actually the big thing on the timeline this week the wander yeah. franco 101 platinum was pulled from a walgreens hanger and 21. i that is the best news that's ever happened to me
2: speaking and... of which i just saw it on on the timeline it, it's graded psa nine so
0: wow. all right that's fine yeah. mean, i mean isn't the I'm trout t- the trout platinum's at eight damn that's sick
2: ryan's cards just posted he saw it at the show in san diego
0: so nice well i'm gonna just make my statement on this because i have some i have a pretty strong opinion like i i think that flagship is for the people flagship is not there are so many hobby exclusive products these days so many of them there's dynasty dude if you really care about the 101 billion dollar card then go find the 101 dynasty Wander franco logo man or whatever but like flagship is in like i ripped flagship as a kid i want someone who's 30 years old to be able to look through their old flagship binder of like 10 years ago and be like whoa i pulled a freaking black par- i pulled a 101 i pulled something crazy you know and i think part of what i love about collecting is the fact that there's just lost cards like i love this concept of lost cards like oh i hate it man I yeah but it. i love that dude that's part of the like that's part of the lore of cards like there hasn't isn't there's like there's so many famous cards that just like the one-to-ones haven't popped up yet. And it's just, it just is like the coolest thing to me. Like these, these could be anywhere. They could be anywhere, Mason. And you, you want to take away that, that like that chase, uh, the joy. Dude, the OCD, that's anti-fun. That is an uh, anti-fun. take. The OCD
2: in me hates the fact that there's lost cards. I mean, what's the, someone said the percentile like the other day, like one in every 25 cards is like destroyed or something like, oh
0: man i can't i can't even like
2: it hurts my brain like
0: max do you have any thoughts on this do you have any thoughts on the uh the concept of lost cards like famous cards that are now lost or mason's idea about this i'm not pro cards being lost but i the inner
1: collector flipper whatever uh wants to uncover lost cards as much as possible that are buried in people's collections someone who bought cards when they were five And, oh, now they're selling their old baseball card collection. I want to find those. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I'm talking about. Which
2: which is crazy because a lot of people make a living buying people's collections, right? But, you know, you'd have to find someone that was collecting cards in 2011, which could be, you know, anyone who had grown man money or more than likely someone who was, I don't know,
0: born in 1999 that was yeah 13. i'm born in i'm born in 98 man it's right That's like that's right we're like all like that's why whenever any of my friends are like dude check out my cards i'm like oh yeah i'll check it yeah, out yeah as fast as you'll let me
2: <laughs> yeah because people my age like because I'm, I'm 27 i'll be 28 next year like we we like collected through the lebron era 2003 you guys were maybe a little bit you know you were yeah, you were still yeah. collecting but you know six or six or seven or whatever yeah i was young and i was four yeah, Max was, like, basically a fetus. Um, He's but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, arguably still is. But, you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Guys your age, you know, those are the guys that have a Mike Trout just sitting in a binder somewhere, like, in their parents' basement and Don't don't even know what the hell's going on. People my age, like, you'd have to – in 2011, I was a sophomore in high school and I was doing bad shit and being a bad person. I wasn't thinking about baseball cards. But if I could go back in time, I'd
0: clear every 2011 tops update yeah, you, you, you and every other person in the world right, right. <laughs> but uh yeah i think this the idea is it's like it honestly kind of circles back to what we were talking about before with like the parallel like the the like lack of consistency with market like the market's still very immature for that stuff so it's like we can find shit in like a friend's collection now that's like a rare parallel that like never pops up on ebay or something it's a whole different It's like literally the same mechanisms that were happening in like the 80s with cards with vintage cards like oh like these like 1950s mantle cards are worth a lot now like you didn't know that back then like you didn't even know that those were things you should have looked for like people didn't know opening up packs in 2011 that there could be parallel mike trout rookie cards like that concept was not in the mainstream or anything you know
2: i love that video of the guy who because 2011 like dude think about the technology was out there i got my first iphone in 2013 yeah. I had like I probably had like a, a rumor too that didn't that took like the shittiest pictures ever in 2011. There's that one video on YouTube of the guy pulling the Bowman Mike Trout auto. Yeah, yeah, I was about, about to bring like, that up. I'll lose this guy? He like, throws it to the side or whatever. But people were doing that for like Fernando Tatis in 2016 or whatever his first Bowman year was too. Like oh Fernando Tatis, another auto that is like throw it to the side, you know? Yeah. And there's very much guys like that right now that. You know, as the hobby prices go up and up and up, and pack prices go up, up, up and up, you know, there's guys that are getting thrown to the side, like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? Who no one cares about this guy? You know? Yeah. And- I,
0: I have one I have one more topic I want to talk with you, Mason, because uh, you on the timeline these days have been, you're the Akil Badu rainbow guy, and I just had a really big collecting moment that uh, is happening right now. I want to give a special shout out to a guy on Twitter. His name is Andrew. He's a he has the coolest Giants collection probably that I've seen on Twitter. Uh, It's at old man, 28 guy. Uh, He's an, he's a real old head, a young old head, but uh, he, I talked about it last episode. When I was a kid, I pulled the black border parallel to Madison Bumgarner rookie card. And ever since I got back into collecting, I've been trying to complete the rainbow of 2010 Madison Bumgarner flagship. I have been finally able to secure the red parallel and hope, and I'm going to about to secure the vintage parallel for my man, Andrew. So I'm going to officially have the complete rainbow minus the one ones and it's all because Andrew is willing to part with the vintage one just to help me complete it. So I just want to give a special shout out to him because honestly, like it's stuff like that, that makes the hobby so great to me. And like, that's like these lost cards, like n- this vintage parallel Madison Bellmarner card ha- card has just never popped up. So it's like, I don't know when I would find one. I could have taken me another five years. So the fact that he's able to like willing to like part with it to hook it up is just like, where did they awesome. originate from the vintage parallels? Those were Walmart Exclusive. They're not the same ones that are. To, they're not like the numbered out of ones that are today. I know that. Like, yeah, Walmart exclusives. But uh you are doing the badu rainbow. Can you give us like your story with that and like uh, like your journey with that and like because that's kind of a new thing. That's like your first rainbow, right, Mason?
2: Yeah. So I've always hated rainbows. Like, I hate when people post like their rainbow collections and stuff on the timeline. I mean, there's there's some that are really cool, but like you know. It, it's pretty not easy, but like it's easier. It's on the wallet to go out and c- collect a vet parallel rainbow. Um, Yeah, but but do like like I was saying about the tigers before, like they've just been trashed for like the last like three years.
1: We've been rebuilding. It America. goes perfect with your PC of losing money of uh, yeah. Right, right. It's PC.
2: Okay, well, it's, e- it's easy to say now the season started, but like going into the season, like in Tops Update 2021 or yeah, 2021. Kellinick was the big chase card, right? And everyone's calling, oh, Andrew Vaughn's on the side and, you know, Manoa and Logan Gilbert. There's some other pitcher names in there and, and, you know, a couple other athletes. And, you know, Badu burst onto the scene last year. Like, he was a a stroke of lightning for the Tigers, like, in the first couple months of the season. Just Mm -hmm. absolute electric factory kind of guy. And, you know, he – he struggled, not struggled, but he didn't have a great summer, and then kind of turned it back up towards the fall as the Tigers kind of fell out of contention. But he, to me, has all the intangibles, the the um, the the swagger, if you will, that could sell tickets, right? I mean, he's got his hair braided and wears Jordans, and he's just a baller, right? Yeah. And I tried to take the Cards Max approach, like what he did with Bo Bichette and what he's doing, you know, most recently with Jazz, and said like. Man, Badu, like his prices are kind of cheap compared to like these other guys that, you know, his ceiling is X and his floor is kind of low, but um, he's 23. He never played above single A and he had a great season last year. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to run with the rookie card rainbow. And yeah, his prices, he's batting like 111 with like one home run. He's been out of the lineup against lefty. He had a great spring, but he just they traded for Austin Meadows like on the eve of opening day and then yeah. bumped the dude from 1 to 9 in the batting order that's tough
0: and yeah. but all right you just you just said you hated rainbows and then we're like all right well i'm going to go for the rainbow like what why 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 that not just like oh i'll just pick up a couple parallels or whatever by the rainbow? Mean- why do you got to go the full rainbow
2: well, as a rookie card collector, you see, like, the prices, like, of some of these other guys that sell. I mean, Badu's never going to be Juan Soto. He's never going to be Ronald Acuna. But he could get a nice, like, bump in his prices based on his performance um, if he stays on the Major League team at this point. But, you know, before the season started, it was a lot easier to, like, convince myself to spend money on this guy who has one year of Major League experience. And, you know, things like um, – you know, for some reason, it stuck in my head. Josh Alchin had this Juan Soto Father's Day out of 50. Mm-hmm. And that that's like a card you don't see, like, ever. You don't see Juan Soto and Acuna or even Otani, like, no. Father's Day, Mother's Day parallels, like, vintage stock. Like, So I went, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with Bidou and and collect some of these rare, lower serial numbered parallels out of paper that otherwise I wouldn't have a chance to have of any other player and yeah. you know hope the prices kind of creep up and i can lose more money and never sell them but yeah you know, like, holding it, a, holding it gave me something new it gave you yeah. something new to collect yeah holding a memorial day out of 25 of like anyone is kind of like a cool card right like but it's a rookie card of a guy who had a good season in detroit you know what i mean it's just like yeah
0: it's a cool it's like a cool collecting moment and uh max it's your time it's it's something that we haven't talked about yet but it's something that like the world just needs you to talk about it and it's the your Luis severino rainbow it is my favorite Mac cards, Max collection. Can you just <laughs> tell the world what about what that is?
1: Oh, so it was definitely my biggest um, collecting project that kind of reignited my interest in cards and a gave me a sense of purpose of what do I want to buy? What is going to be my thing? So I originally, it, you know, this was circa 2019, pre-boom. What am I going to collect? I'm a Yankees fan. Okay, I want Yankees who have spent their entire career as a Yankee or at the very least New York sports players. So that eliminated a good chunk of the Yankees roster. Brett Gardner was too old and too hard to track down. And Judge was very expensive. Gleyber Torres was 2018. Same with you know Judge 2017. Anduhar 2018. These would be harder to do. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do Jonathan Luiziga, who was the one Yankee in 2019 Series 1. Started that, and then I'm like, this is getting expensive, even though Luiziga is way better now than when he was in 2019. I'll do Luis Severino. And I, across tops Chrome, tops Chrome Sapphire, tops Series One, tops Mini, tops 3D. I actually no, I don't think he has tops 3D. Tops Mini. I have the full tops Mini Rainbow. Mm-hmm. I have fifty-one different parallels of Luis Severino, and that is very fun to show off and reminds me why I collect.
0: Yeah, I love that rainbow. It it is it is truly. A undertaking of love to pursue a rainbow of that capacity a vet base parallel like this flagship so i love that collection for you max i am always checking in do you, can you can you tell people where you like left it though and like where it's at and kind of like the frustrations with it too
1: um i am missing a few out of one parallel excuse me yeah i'm missing a few printing plates i'm missing i think one of i think the red wave um I'm not the Sapphire parallels mostly have eluded me. Hmm. And whenever they pop on eBay, I try to snatch them, but it's a very small list of cards that I have left.
0: You have saved eBay searches for all those, I assume.
1: Yes, but I don't proactively check them as much as I should.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to just touch on the rainbows and everything. Does either of you guys have anything else you want to say? Mason, I know you, you love, you love talking and you want to be recorded more. You have any more hot takes for us? Any takes that are going to get me angry? um not that that are going to get you angry but
2: uh i no i don't really have anything else really i I look forward to the next time if you guys ever have me back on i know there's probably a list of people that need to get their first appearance before i get my second but i mean obviously talking with you guys is is, i could do this all day every day it doesn't matter what the topic is yeah
0: i dude i feel the same um Mason, like you were one of the first guys that I met when I got joined Twitter and got back into collecting. And you were just like one of the guys that I feel like I just like immediately connected with. And we're like, all right, this guy has the same thoughts as I like. This guy's thinking the same way about collecting as I am. And it's something that me and Max have now coined the young old head perspective on collecting. Just kind of like you you ride the wave of the the hype beast. But you also you know, you're rooted in the true collecting, you know, the true like baseball fan the show legend but uh you know i i can't wait to have you back on May- mason and like just to see you again in person like you're a homie and i i always love talking to you
2: yeah well, when's the next uh is there another show in chicago this summer or is it going to be ship well
0: i'm definitely going to ship at uh, memorial day everyone else should be going as well uh it's the the sunday is the trade night and then Monday's the show and then i think there is a chicago show but the national kind of takes precedent
2: are you, are you going to go to the National this year?
0: Yes, I will be at the National. And hopefully with Cards Max doing a pod. Hopefully we'll be doing a Young Old Heads live from yeah. the National.
1: Podcast on the road. Yes.
0: Um, let me check my notes to make sure that we didn't forget anything. Um, I do want to say that, Mason, if we ever start a company, it's going to be a company where all it is is a website where you put in a player's name and it tells you what their rookie card is. I, think that, I mean, like, no. That, that would be the
2: most controversial website what would you what would you do for wander what's wanders uh you click on you type in wander franco where does it take you
0: oh it's gonna say the tops now call-up card just to really fuck with everyone
2: <laughs> <laughs> the most that was the most printed tops now card in, in history right max um fifty four
1: thousand and change uh cards printed yep that's got to be um, I think the Bernie Sanders might eclipse it. But given the context, Bernie Sanders was available for a week and Wanda Frankel was available for a day. Although I'm not 100% sure of that offhand.
2: It, well, I mean, Bernie Sanders never played
1: baseball either. Yeah, yeah. But it is a top now card. Yeah. yeah, the Bernie Sanders card had a print run of
0: 91,169. Jesus. <laughs> that was the one where
2: he's sitting there with the mittens. I yeah,
0: the ma- it's the meme one. It's the meme one. It's a, the memes are so powerful.
2: Yeah, well, th- I, I think that all started because people were like, oh, the Fauci Tops Now card. You know, that was really what kicked off Tops Now for a lot of people. They're probably like, oh, yeah. People are raking in money on the Tops Now Fauci and like now the Bernie Sanders card. Yeah, they thought it's it was huge. the same thing. Yeah, just L's all around. So, Max,
0: do you have any, uh, any takes or anything you want to say to the people? Uh, maybe remind them about the space. Um, spaces are Tuesdays, 8 o'clock Eastern. You can talk
1: firsthand with me tommy myself our guest 33 card shop who's a frequent speaker and i love cards i'll continue talking about cards and it's fun to talk about
0: cards yep it's cards 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 uh yeah it's fun it's this is the cards max space though i i like to i make appearances mason makes appearances but uh max runs the show and it honestly is like if you care about the hobby and you want to like meet other people in the hobby who are, you know, th- thinking the same way you are or anything, you know, please, you know, I really encourage everyone to like check out the space. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite things about the hobby in general, honestly, like not to gas you up max, but I, I really love that space. And I appreciate no, just, that you do it.
2: I want to echo your sentiment there because there is so much to learn there. There usually there's a plethora of characters that pop in and out of the space. And, you know, last week we got a nice uh, microphone moment from, from Jason Dardick and, He, you know, guys that have been around the hobby pre 2020 are always the most insightful, right? They've been making money in this space for a long time. They've been collecting Mm -hmm. for a long time. And uh, there's always a lot to learn from people like that. And um, that's, that's really what I like about the space the most. You get to shoot the shit with people that are cool and like minded, but there's, there's lessons to be learned too, you know, always. So
0: yeah, and it's always like respectful. This like respectful arguments. It's nothing crazy. I think on the timeline, you get a lot of hate. You gotta. You get a lot of like people assuming the worst intentions from a statement. Yeah. In the space, you kind of have more space. Expa- you have more. <laughs> no, no pun intended. More space to like explain yourself and like.
1: I have more than a 280 characters to explain yeah. all of my rationales and everything, and even a podcast to explain what I want. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: exactly. And, and you get a little bit more of like the the voice control and things and in the mood that people you know. Yeah, I get to play dictator. Yeah. But yeah, when Max mutes everyone in the space, cause it, you know, it gets a little chaotic, but yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for uh, coming on Mason. This was so super, super fun. I can't wait to have you back on uh, Max. Always fun to talk to you as well, even though, you know, we, we are always talking, but uh, yeah. Yes. If anyone wants to find us during the week, uh, follow me at TV sports cards on Twitter at TV dot sports cards on Instagram uh max is at cards max one word on twitter and instagram and mason is at 33 card shop on twitter and you're on instagram as well mason right
2: yeah i'm not not as active on instagram but i am on there i post my collection
0: so yep well well you guys can find us there make sure to give us a follow and uh just feel free to reach out to if you have any questions about anything uh we'll see you guys all next or not mason but me and max will see you guys next week max will be on the road from choir trip can't wait
1: <laughs> yeah so I will be podcasting
0: Yep. Well, it's a grind. See you guys next week. Bye.